0: Howard Lindson is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Howard, how are you? I love this new format. You should be thrilled, like my dog, to see me. I want you to act like Lindsay when I walk in the door. I want to see your tail wagging. I'm going to jump up and down and like attack you. I want you to you. lick my feet. Oh no, thank you. And smell your own butt because that's what she does. <laughs> no, the day I, I come in here and okay. you're trying to sniff your own butt, I'll know that I have finally trained you, <laughs> and I will refer to you as Kay Lindsay. Clinzy. Lindsay, come here. Meanwhile, my dog will still, I treat this dog like gold. She'll look me in the eye, squat, take a shit right in front of me, <laughs> and then just storm off. I have a newfound admiration for that dog. <laughs> Speaking of that, today we're going to talk about the cloud. See the that way. Was, that was a, see where I go from personal yeah, great to job. the cloud. Because everything is related to the cloud and e-commerce here on Panic with Friends. Where we haven't panicked in... Well, you kinda had a COVID scare. Well, you've had we've been panicking every week, just not related to <laughs> making a podcast, which is easy <laughs> as punch. I show up, eat a pizza, talk into the mic, and we're off. Right. All right. So uh today, as COVID continues to rate, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like a dystopian It's ranging right now. I'm living by myself other than with you. And you had a little COVID contact trace scare. Didn't happen, but still. Other than that, you know, I'm talking to my mom more than I normally do because she's home alone in Toronto. And by more, I mean once a quarter, just like I report to my LPs. That's why (laughs) I (laughs) I go, mom, you're not even an LP. Once a quarter is plenty. You talk to your LPs a lot more than you talk to your mom. Well, don't tell my mom that. I won't. Okay. So she's on the LP schedule. So every time Gary sends a note to our LPs, I call my mom. So, oh, where was I? Cloud. Oh, yeah. So, this relates to the cloud, my mom and the cloud. And we continue to rage. Phoenix is kind of open. I don't go to restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but I take out. and. But the world is magnificently, and by the world, I mean the world that I luckily live in. The cloud is raging on. And it's just fascinating to me because it's dystopian. Right. Because people are struggling. And cloud people are, are printing money. And so... As this rages, what United Airlines shipping vaccines around the world, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So we know we're in some kind of end game. Yes. And you and I aren't clamoring for the vaccine tomorrow because we'll wait our turn. I mean, I should go ahead of you. I'm American. You're Norwegian. Don't you think I should I'm, go ahead of you? I'm older than you and I'm taller than you. Right. But you're Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do for we us? first oil? You haven't given us any, <laughs> All right, so that'll be, I wonder, I think we should have a little side bet who gets the, the vaccine first. We and flip then, a coin, how about that? No, I have better, I, I have connections. Uh-huh. So today I want to spend talking about the cloud in remote work. We do that a lot, but this guest, Raj, uh, is, I don't know, started five companies. He's a bolder guy. Brad Feld introduced me. Um, Raj is an LP in one of our funds and uh, he's just starts companies. right? And this latest one, Brew the roof and i'm not going to butcher it so nice yeah yeah yeah. it's always nice to see i I say this is there anything better than having your friends do well and you and i we don't joke about this it's fucking great to see your friends do well this is great and and this has never been a time other than healthcare for my friends to do well every day someone's telling me about this exit or this capital raise or, or whatever so that's the dystopian part and my hobbies are never been more in vogue like golfing is like I know you don't have them play because of your eye, but like golfing's like busier than ever. <laughs> and then biking hasn't affected me. Go biking whenever I want. right? And so it's fun to see people doing well. So I want Raj to come on. We got just very simple questions about getting networks hooked, zero trust world that we live in, in remote work. His company JumpCloud is focused on that. And they just raised another big round. But anyway, let's dial up Raj and get him on the phone. We'll get Raj Bhargava
1: on in just a second.
0: Raj, hey howard you're in dallas today
1: i'm in dallas how because are you
0: i'm i'm fabulous i mean i was just telling knut that you you myself i mean your wife's on the front line i think she's a, what is she doing
1: she's a doctor yeah she's uh she's fighting the fight she's and, fighting uh, the
0: fight what is it like with someone that's fighting the fight even if it's unrelated directly to COVID?
1: yeah i mean it. i think it's really challenging i mean she's it's, it's brutal. There's a lot of cases. There's, you know, a lot of stuff that healthcare workers worry about, too, because they can get infected. They've got a lot of procedures to follow. I just think the stress level for them is through the roof. I mean, when she goes to work, you know, there's there's a lot of stress. It's, you know, you got to make sure you're safe. She's got to make sure she's safe because she's got to make sure we're safe. So, I think that added pressure is pretty tough. Um, yeah, my hat's off to all the healthcare workers because it is not an easy job and it is really brutal out there right now.
0: Right, like they're strapping on every day and they don't know what they're walking into, whereas you and I just go into a separate room and start making Zoom calls basically in right. life.
1: I mean, yeah, totally different, right? I mean, in terms of level of impact on the world, at this moment in time, healthcare workers couldn't be more important to the world than really anything else.
0: But they're getting it done. Like I was just, you know, when I'm not wanna dig into I don't wanna be some doctor here. But like, you know, we can joke about project whatever Speedcraft or whatever uh, space wars or whatever uh, Chubby <laughs> Checkers is talking about. But like that marina I'm reading more about like Marina and Pfizer, and I wanna go down what a rabbit hole of of innovation. From Germany yeah, to, totally. yep. to, to what they're doing with RNA. I mean, I'm reading, I don't fully understand it, but it, when it gets retweeted so many times, you dig in and you just go, whoa, nine months?
1: Like, it's awesome to know that there's a lot of really, really smart people focused on core problems that humanity needs to solve, right? So, I mean, that's it's awesome to know that.
0: And could we have seen remote work... Could you have seen this when you started? Tell people about Jump Cloud I and mean, then could we have seen this? Because, I mean, let's go through the progression of what you do and what you saw and what's happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. Let me go through Jump Cloud quick and yeah, then. Yeah, tell I'll, a little bit about I'll yourself. You you, yeah, sure. we
0: won't interrupt you. Just take your time and I'll guide you.
1: Yeah, no problem. So, you know, I'm Raj Bargava. I've been an entrepreneur really. Since college, we started our first company in college. That's when I met Brad Feld. He was the first angel investor for my first company. So that's kind of a fun, fun thing. We've kind of grew up doing companies together. And we've now since done seven or eight together. And uh, we've had a couple go public. We've had a couple get bought. We've had a couple not work. And you know, you've kind of go through the whole gamut of, of experiences. And I've been most mainly focused on a lot of core infrastructure, B2B software type companies. So that's what I've been interested in and what I've worked on. And JumpCloud fits that mold. It's basically connecting people, basically your workers, your employees, contractors, anybody that works in an organization to whatever IT resources they may need. That could be web applications, it could be servers at AWS, it could be G Suite or Office 365, it could be your files on a file server, uh, VPN networks, really anything that's IT related that a person needs to access. We're basically the Grand Central Station for that. We're brokering whether they should have access or not have access, and how they should have access and what level of access they should have. And that's kind of what we do. And, And we originally did believe that the world would be more remote than it is today. I don't think anybody foresaw COVID, but the concept of working remotely, of having people be more mobile, having different form factors that you work on, that was all part of what we believed what the future would look like when we started the business in, you know, 13, 14. And when we built our first product, we made sure that we supported Mac, Windows, Linux, you know, making sure that we could support cloud infrastructure as well as on-prem infrastructure. It didn't matter where you worked, where you lived. It didn't matter where the IT resources were that you needed to access. It, it just worked. And and that's really what what we started, the premise of, of what we started.
0: And so how does that different than obviously Cloudflare's at the internet level? Like, do you know Cloudflare? I have Matthew on yeah. and he's a good friend. Yeah. And so explain to people like the difference cause you're doing it at the enterprise level.
1: Yeah, we're doing it internally to your organization. So when you need to access your instance of Salesforce or of GitHub, or you need to go to an AWS server, if you're a developer or an ops person, if you need to go to your whatever your file storage, your box system, or, or files that you need to access if you're in finance or something like that, contracts, that's what we control access to. So Cloudflare is at the internet level, where basically if you need to access Ah, website. They're making it pretty fast to access that. We're making sure that you rightfully should have access to a particular application or piece of infrastructure that that you need to work on.
0: Yeah, I try and help my listeners stock StockTwits and Twitter, FinTwit, kind of understand where all the levels are because I try and explain where private markets meet public markets. So, so Okta is that in the same space as a public company? They're more open source, but how do you how do you position against an Okta?
1: Yeah, Okta is a good one to think about generally what we do because they're providing people access internally to organizations just like we are. They do it to web applications. So that's one portion of what we do. We actually do it to a bunch of other things uh, as well. They also sell to the enterprise and we sell to mainly small to medium enterprise. So 50 to 5,000, 7,000 seat kind of organization. So a little bit different market and a little bit different product, but generally the same concept.
0: And I put you on the spot because you should know this as the CEO. What's the market cap of Okta? Because if we make can you look think, it up, yeah, it'll take six seven months. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably around thirty billion, twenty seven twenty seven billion, and thirty it's billion somewhere around there.
0: Because we backed a competitor. Yeah. I'm not going to give out name. And Google bought it, but uh, oh my God, Okta! And that was like Andreessen's first monster bet with Horowitz. Hang on, uh, Okta is two forty five. It is thirty two billion. What did you say?
1: I said 30 to 27 to 30. So, yeah, they're up a little bit, but yeah, they've done incredibly Dude, well.
0: Stocks only go up. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, good guess. That is your job to understand this. So, you got to be excited. You just raised another Series C?
1: It's Series E. Yeah. We Series raised, E. We raised, yeah, for we Elmer. Raised 75. That's right. E for Elmer. E so. for Elmer.
0: Well, when you get to Q, I get nervous. And so. Well, I'm excited about spAcking you, maybe. That's another show that we'll do in the future. <laughs> Sounds For good. all my SPAC sponsors, call me, I'll hit you up with Jump Cloud. Have you been getting calls yet about spacks?
1: We get all kinds of calls, Howard. So okay. you know this. Yeah. yeah so yeah. everybody calls. It's a everybody interesting calls time. with all kinds of interesting things. But yeah. is it
0: is that interesting to you or exciting? Are you learning? Or are you just putting all that stuff off because you just like, what are you, you're fascinated a little bit by this stuff, aren't you? I don't know you well enough to like, I mean, I know you invested with us kind of just cause you met us and you had good instincts. I mean, that's how our industry works, but like, what, <laughs> what do you, are you interested in following the octas of the world? Do you think that helps following them? Or does that as a CEO, that's like kind of competing, do you try and just focus on your roadmap? Like, how do you balance that?
1: i think there's a lot of questions in there howard i, I, I know, would say sorry that i'm not good with this no that's okay it's um <laughs> so one is i i think i look for models out there so definitely other companies that have done well i want to pay attention to a lot so i think cloudflare is a great example I have a lot of respect for matthew and yeah, and what they've and Michelle, built and yep. and kind of the the model that they've done and and the approach that they've taken i really like a lot is another good example. Yeah. So we try we try pretty hard to say who are people that have done things that we like in their model that we could emulate or we could learn from and maybe apply here at Jump Cloud. So that's part of it. Obviously with Okta, I think there's a different angle, which is obviously we partner with them and go into deals and we ah, are cooperative it. with them a lot, but we're also competitive in, in certain situations too. So understanding what they're doing, where they're headed, how their company's performing obviously is homework that we need to always do. So just like there's other competitors in our space too, but Okta, obviously we pay attention to and, and we pay attention to the other folks as well.
0: And so this has been almost seven-year journey. How many people now? Over a hundred, I think.
1: Yeah, almost 300.
0: So in a world where you're pitching remote and then also managing remote, is that a good or bad thing? Tell me where the lines are drawn.
1: I think it was great for us to experience exactly what all of our customers experienced. So we weren't initially a remote first organization. We were much more an office centric culture.
0: So Boulder centric culture,
1: Boulder centric, Denver centric. We have two offices. Okay. So just a little bit more office centric, but that didn't mean that people didn't work from home or we had some remote employees and and things like that. So we had all that, but it wasn't sort of as dynamic as it is today where people are really truly everywhere. And so when we went, remote in mid-March, whatever, 11th or 12th of, of March, when we went full remote, it was a flipping a switch. And it was a lot like our customers. And and we got a lot of business right then because a lot of folks were like us, where they had in-office cultures and they had to figure out how do they work remotely. And so that became a shot in the arm, if you will, from the business perspective, obviously incredibly challenging from a human perspective. And then we figured the same things out. We went through the same experiences that many of our customers did, which was how do we bring people together? How do we make sure that they're productive? How do we communicate? How do we build community? How do we make sure people know what's going on? And all those things that that we've gone through, I imagine that many of our customers and folks out there have gone through too. So you come up with processes, you come up with things that you do to to build community and keep people understanding where we're headed. And then obviously the good part on the product side was we saw gaps in our product that we wanted to solve internally. So we went and solved those problems and hopefully we solved them for a lot of customers too.
0: And so this new round, what's the focus? Is it more sales or more product or is it just balancing?
1: It's balancing probably more awareness and marketing as well as more product. So those are the two biggest things. We have a PLG, product-led growth model. So part of our go-to-market is all about getting The product in the hands of people that might find it valuable. So how do we get people to know that this product might be interesting, might be helpful to them, have them try it? We have a freemium model, so it's 10 users and 10 systems free forever. So we don't cut it off. We put all of our free functionality and premium functionality into that free version. We want customers to experience it firsthand and experience it without pressure of you got to go do something in 14 days or something like that. I mean, go try it out, make sure it's the right platform for you. And if it is, then you can move forward and you can buy. And, and about a third to 40% of our customers buy via credit card, which is amazing.
0: Whoa. So who makes that buying decision? Who, who are you calling on versus who makes the buying decision? And how, what's the sales cycle for a Jump Cloud?
1: So sales cycle is pretty quick because people are trying the product and seeing whether they really love the product. So it's probably 45 days, 30 days, that kind of sales cycle. And the person that's buying it, and generally the person who's the decision maker, is sort of the same person. It's usually the head of IT or IT admin, director, that sort of level. It depends on the size of the company, but it's in the IT group, and it's people getting hands-on with the product and loving the product, ultimately. I think that's what ends up being the, the factor. It, it actually solves core problems that they need to solve, which is giving people access to all these IT resources. It's making sure that they're secure. It's building a zero-trust network, which is a huge, huge thing now that everybody's remote because security is a big issue. So that's, that's sort of the process of how it works.
0: And the buzzword zero trust. So one more time, when you say that, what does that mean to the layman?
1: Yeah, to the layman, it means that every time you try and access a piece of IT resource, whether that's an application, a file, a server, anything that you need to access, a network, we're going to make sure that we go through a series of checks to make sure that you are really who you say you are the device that you're accessing that particular it resource from is secure and safe the network that you're going over is safe and that you actually have rights to access this file or server or web application so think of it as every aspect of an access transaction is going to be verified so when you go into a bank to do a transaction, they go through a series of checks to make sure that you are who you say you are, you have the right to do this, you're not doing something nefarious. It, it's very similar, except for networks.
0: Hmm. I mean, it's just common sense, right, Can it? It is. So how do we, everybody got the TAM wrong. So you're, you know, when you started this company, you're not thinking, okay, series E. So let's, for the people starting out today that have, you know, now, you know seven years in, enterprise takes longer. Where are you in terms of like the enterprise and the cloud versus where you started? You're probably more bullish, but like it's a grind. So like, what yeah. did you think the TAM was when you started and raised the first round versus what it is today?
1: I mean, we thought the TAM was pretty big when we started. I think we just didn't know for sure how quickly it would go or whether people would really adopt it. I mean, in our space, there's really one competitor who owns the market and it's a legacy solution that's been around for 20 years and it's given away for free and basically that's the thing that's used. And so what we tried to say is, well, that's 20 years old, you need something modern. And so we knew that a lot of people need this type of solution. The question was, could we convince them that going to a modern thing was the right thing to do? And with the explosion of the cloud, the change to remote work, the success of the web and internet and AWS and Google, all these organizations that have sort of championed a non homogenous Microsoft centric or on-prem network. That's been a huge help for us. Those are huge tailwinds that we thought would be there, but I think they turned out to be bigger than we thought. And now I would say we are obviously way more bullish than we were at the beginning. 50% of our customers are overseas. So it's a worldwide Mm. problem. It's not a US centric problem. It's not a developed nation problem, if you will. It's it's everywhere.
0: Right. Everybody had to go remote March 11th.
1: Yeah. Or, or whenever that was. I mean, we saw that pick up earlier in other places. And then you ended up seeing, you know, adoption from all these countries. So we could tell that people were going remote. I mean, Singapore, we have a lot of customers in Singapore, and we saw Singapore go remote far faster than than we did. And yeah. then even in the U.S., we saw things like the Bay Area went, probably two, three weeks ahead of it. So we saw a surge of customers from there. New York went pretty fast, too. So you could tell that there was going on.
0: Last chance. The Howie SPAC. You interrupt. I'm pretty bullish ah, because you're telling think, me the story. I, I'm, I'm I, ready to SPAC I you right I think I would pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you? He's a pass. Put that on the board. Yes. Jump cloud, Smart pass. It's a hard pass. That wasn't even like, you didn't even think about it. Hard I haven't pass even told to you how big our SPAC is or who's involved. <laughs> There's some smart people involved, Rod.
1: Howard, we got so much work to do. We just raised, we raised from, from great investors. We're super excited. Got a lot of work to do. Nobody loses
0: when social leverage is on the cap table. Canute, am I right? And you know this, Rod, you're part of this fantasy.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: So what gets you excited outside of, you're an outdoors guy, tennis. I mean- tell me what you do in any spare time like it's a weird world because now it's just like we're always working it's kind of like groundhog day
1: now for me it's been really two things probably maybe three things obviously i'd say family has been the constant and in this environment having that be kind of a rock has been great i'm sure for everybody family's just been super critical i'd say the the second thing is yeah i'm working a ton but I enjoy it. I love it. It doesn't feel like work to me. So I've never felt like the work that I do for a living feels like work to me. So I've been super fortunate on that. And then the third has been just, I have been playing a ton of tennis. I've been training. So that's been a lot of fun for me. And just trying to find that balance a little bit from a health perspective and doing something outdoors, getting a little bit of exercise, I think has helped a lot.
0: And so any cloud entrepreneur I ask, like what companies are leading the way here that, that you kind of keep an eye on, forgetting just in your space?
1: Yeah, I think that the companies that I get excited about, I'll go through probably a couple of different traits. I mean, one is I'm really interested in companies that have probably a broader focus. So they're not just focused on enterprise customers, big deals. They're focused on probably more midsize SME they're broader market. They have a broader impact. And I'm probably more interested in companies that have a lot of technical development, meaning they're putting out a lot of product. Their viewpoint is probably that, hey, we're not going to go sell one product and make all our money off selling big deals to one, one customer. We're going to probably chip away at it by putting out 5, 10, 15 products, own a category, own a market, and then basically drive a lot of those products into a wide range of customers. So that's where I think Atlassian's a great example. I, I love their story. They've done a great job. It's obviously an amazing, amazing business. I think DataDog's another one for me. Just the the process and the model that they have and how well they've done. So those are the types of companies that I probably find more interesting. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit more of this repeatable, scalable motion, and that's obviously very related to what I do. But that's probably what I gravitate more towards and and get excited about. Looking at Snowflake, obviously, is another example of that. Somebody that's you know got a broad-based business applicable to a lot of different places, and you know they've done an amazing job of having a product that goes in; it's incredibly sticky, and and they expand their customer tremendously. So they figured out a lot of really interesting things.
0: Yeah, I, I say we're in the. We went from pencils to Excel to be on the spreadsheet, maybe Airtable. Like you know what I mean? Like the spreadsheet's now an Airtable or smartsheet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you use those personally or uh, or at the company, but I mean that's what the cloud did to TAM and analysts. Like, what are the numbers? You just said yourself, you're more bullish today than when you started in terms of the market TAM. So I don't know how people. How do you contain it all in in a cloud world? What do you what you know? Or is it is, is Are you finding it inbound just as much as outbound because of this, or is it mostly just outbound still that you have to do?
1: No, it's actually all of our business is inbound. So we don't actually really do any outbound. So this is like, you know, this is an opportunity for us. And one of the reasons that we raised money was to go figure out. It's a good name.
0: You can do some outbound with that jump cloud because it is a great name. Was That was the idea is jump into the cloud at the beginning. Was that the idea?
1: (laughs) It was really the idea was there's this thing that's a technical thing called a jump box. So when you want to go access a whole bunch of servers, you go to a jump box and then you have access to everything. So We wanted to make JumpCloud basically your jump box to everything that you would access in the cloud or on-prem, really, any resource that you need. That ain't
0: going to work in marketing. You got to go with Howie's idea, jump into the cloud. Okay,
1: jump into the cloud. Sounds good. I'll let them know.
0: So inbound, fascinating. So what is someone searching for? How do they know this is a problem? Like some, it's their job to know it's a problem and search it and Google it. Like, how do they find you?
1: So in IT, what happens is They basically, when they feel a problem or they sense a problem or they've got a problem, they just Google. So what we did is we wrote a ton of content to make sure that we taught people how to solve these problems. So if you're trying to connect to web applications, your user, and you want to do single sign-on, or you want to add security for multi-factor authentication, or Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your Wi-Fi network is secure, like there's a whole bunch of problems that people search on. And so we put out a lot of content to say, well, if you want to solve this problem, here are some options for you. And one of them happens to be JumpCloud. So you can take a look at our platform. You can try it for free. There's no harm, no foul. If you like it or don't like it, you can, you can kind of move forward. But for 10 users and 10 systems free forever, you might as well try it and see if it solves your problem.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, this Google is something. I don't think like it's a fad. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I mean, content marketing, no matter what your business, if you can't read, if you can't write, you can't work in 2020. Every company needs content marketing because that post you do adds up. It's like a bank deposit. And and there's nothing. totally that's amazing. I didn't know that about JumpCloud. So so that's exciting. So tell me what makes an entrepreneur. I want to you know we have so many entrepreneurs that listen here. I mean five was it number five startup?
1: Eight. Well, JumpCloud's yeah number eight. Yeah. Um, and I think you know I wrote a book. Yep. On on this topic, so the startup playbook, but what makes an entrepreneur i think there's lots of different ways to be an entrepreneur it's really kind of a state of mind for people like if you if you want to go out there and do something on your own then you're kind of an entrepreneur and i hope a lot of people even if they work somewhere they can treat their job as basically their their entrepreneurship right they can they can figure out how do i innovate how do i be creative and maybe they aren't fully on their own but they try and really push the boundaries of of their role their job but there's a lot of people who've, I mean, obviously entrepreneurship, you know, this has exploded over the last decade, right. 10, 15 years. It's just been astronomical. Probably the last 10 years, it's just crazy. And it's awesome to see, I mean, how many new companies are starting up every day and how many new creative ideas are there? You guys get tons of inbound inflow of, uh, of new deals. You're
0: right. I should say the same thing. We We are inbound. I have to answer email all day. It scares me because different than you, you get customers calling. That's fun right? Uh, That's not sales. That's answering the phones. Um, Social leverage in many ways has become that. Like, unless I tell people what I'm looking for, all I do is get inbound and then I'm stressed about, am I missing the next Google? So it is inbound. It's really crazy to think that my job... Just
1: think how you got that inbound, right? I mean, you built relationships over many years. You've put out tremendous amounts of content. You've had a lot of successful businesses, right? There's a whole way that you've done that. And now you do get lots of great inbound because of all those things. Those aren't easy to replicate for sure. So No, and now
0: like you, I got to build systems to either grow or curate better, right? There's no such, you know, I'm in the information overload phase where he's like, there's no such thing, just filter failure where I'm trying to build better filters because I've done all the outwork. I've done all the pushing out. And so COVID kind of was in a weird way better for a firm like Social Leverage because we already had a brand and all these links in, You know, if I was starting a business today, it's scary because what are you what are you building for the future where you could be traveling again or for now, which is like, how do I find deal flow? I can't go to YC events. I can't network. You know, it's got to be weird.
1: Yeah. Just think if they didn't have if a competitor of yours didn't have all the things that you have, it's a pretty tough spot to be in. How do you get in a deal?
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, but then again, like you said, there's more anymore. There's more entrepreneurs than ever. Because, you know, when I was a kid, so I'm 55 and you're probably are you 40 yet? (laughs) <laughs> come on are you 40 way over 40 oh well you look good that's not fair <laughs> so what well, you know for me when i was a kid it was you had a choice i mean even though it was toronto and not an entrepreneurial city at the time it was like lawyer doctor furrier uh deli owner or uh an accountant and now i kind of be disappointed if my kids wanted to do, especially a furrier come on but like the other things I don't know if i'd want i mean i want my kids to either work as a number two to number 100 or start something i don't want to be a lord you hire that out you algo will go that out pretty much soon i mean we back marble law, marble law which is a consumer law firm where you can do all this stuff online um so i just think we're only going to see a bigger trend here
1: yeah totally i think it's wonderful i mean th- and you always sort of step back and you think, gosh, how can there be so many new ideas? And then you look at the world and you're like, COVID just happened, for instance. There are going to be a gazillion amazing ideas that come out of this period of time. And those are going to be transformative to the world. So they're out there. They're always out there. It's just, you kind of, you don't think they are, there's any more innovation happen because there has been so much innovation, but then something changes and then there's just like an explosion of new innovation. So that's, I mean, that's what keeps it so interesting and exciting, I think.
0: And so, yeah, I agree. So with the tools of a 300 person company, what do you live on right now as a remote CEO?
1: So I I mean, it's a lot of the traditional things. So email, obviously we have Slack. I don't love Slack. I don't, in on Slack is it's, uh, it's just so much overload, so I don't do much as much of that. We use Google Workspaces, so that's a good one for us. Then we've got a lot of other project management tools, Atlassian Tools and Monday.com and a few others. But I think those are the tools that are, it's the basics. I mean, especially, I would say the CEO's job is not all that interesting from a tools perspective. It's PowerPoint, Excel, email, Word, and you're kind of done.
0: Yeah, but, um, I basically Google it, Docs, Gmail. I don't even use Slack. I got yeah, out of Slack, Slack and I'm either. so happy to be off. And I'm like, nah, yeah. I can live without it.
1: Yeah, our, our team knows not to Slack me. So <laughs> that's one of those things where you can get buried in Slack. So I just say, no, I can't live in Slack.
0: So for the team, it's email and text?
1: They do Slack. Every, everybody else does. No, uses for you, Slack, though, so to reach you. For me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's phone, text, email. Email is pretty fast. I'm always on email. Text is fast and they can always call me. So
0: I just always that's, wonder if I'm wasting time in email or like, how is that different than saying you're wasting time in Slack? But I guess I don't know. I mean, I don't know how to get off the Gmail email. I find I just use it more and more and more. And I always yeah, totally. I question myself. Am I Am I the loser that's supposed to be doing something here besides email all day?
1: I mean, I don't understand the difference between email and Slack. But I could be showing my age. So I, I don't know. I, I prefer email.
0: Yeah, me too. So and then the future, just one more thing about the future. The world comes back online in I'd say nine months to a year. It's feeling that way as like a speculator. Maybe Well the
1: world's already no, online, Howard. No, you know what I mean, like travel. <laughs> I know. Like and business
0: travel <laughs> yeah. is gonna go down. You can't convince me that it'll come back. Maybe for thirty year olds, but not for guys my age. So in that world, what are you preparing? What What is it your job to prepare for that? We're now halfway through, let's say.
1: So I think for jump cloud, our viewpoint is that we're going to prepare for, let's say, the highest bar. The highest bar is everybody's working remote. They need whatever they need access to. They need high security now because you can't control, you can't actually do all the security tools and things that you used to do in the office. So we're going to build for that bar. And if people come back to the office and you're able to you're able to relax some of those constraints, then that's great. But in terms of what we're assuming and building for is that that higher bar for sure.
0: All right. Great. This has been really amazing to catch up. The I know you're busy and I'm excited for the company. When when do you get back to Boulder, do you think?
1: I think I get back probably in the next few weeks. We'll see. Right now, it's a pretty intense time, obviously, from a healthcare perspective. So I think my wife's got a lot of work. So we'll we'll let her do her thing and- and try and be supportive of her while she's going through, and what all the healthcare workers are going through right now. So, yeah, I think yeah, yeah probably yeah. just staying here and being supportive is probably the best thing that I can do.
0: That is uh, important. It's great to catch up. I'm so glad about the the new raise and the growth. Thank you. And the persistence at this thing. It's like you you kind of went into that execution mode for a couple of years, and I'm like, we'll check back in, and uh, <laughs> that's the enterprise grind, right? Like it's just it
1: is. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of, I love the grind. So that's something that I love to do. And so, yeah, it's been a grind, but it's always a grind. Anything, it's not often that it's just an overnight success. And even the overnight successes trace back to tremendous amounts of hard work that people did. So is this I, the, I don't mind the grind at all. I
0: don't think this is long. What was the longest you've been at a company? I thought one was longer.
1: Yeah. 13 years. So before we sold Still Secure, we were at it for almost 13 years and then we sold.
0: And what was yeah, the biggest I mean, lesson from that at 13 years?
1: What's the biggest lesson? That one, the biggest lesson is probably just uh, we didn't focus enough on the one product that was the the big hit for us. And we diffused our focus into three products. So just learning that, you know, if we would have put all the wood behind this one product, we probably would have grown the business faster and bigger. So that was probably the biggest lesson. And we applied that here. We have yeah. one product that we we built at JumpCloud. It's a very deep and wide product, but it's in one particular thing it's it's a cloud directory platform so that's what we do
0: no i mean my my biggest mistake and that's why i won't do it again as an operator i mean wall Street was easy it was like make a show a day and it was like i didn't have time to do anything else with stock Twits because it was like i was watching all these other social networks and all these features and i got sidetracked in all these other things and you know if i go to stock today it's like what's the pulse you know what i mean yeah. like you get sidetracked and luckily we've had the opportunity to just Refocus and, and do what we're good at. But most people don't have that luxury. So I think that's a good point that you learned it's still secure and are practicing now.
1: Yeah. Focus is incredibly important. It's incredibly important.
0: And especially in a world yeah. of the cloud where there's people are connected everywhere. So you're endless, endless customers, yep. even for niche things. All right. Well, I appreciate the time, Raj. I'll let you get back to work. Uh, Thanks, Howard. Canute, stops slacking Steve. them. No yeah. wonder this took so long to set up. You're hitting them <laughs> yeah. up on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> i don't I don't even have the app installed oh well somebody somewhere all right Raj, be well all right howard talk to you all right, Cano, you soon thank you. All thank right. You, take care Check. bye-bye so it's just like endless so many companies out there series e endless customers dialing in the world's a big place yeah i mean that's what we try and tell people everybody's like stuff's overvalued and people don't see the hundreds of companies getting built to just constantly replace these 20 30 year old legacy software and computer products right And just that idea about no matter what business you're in, telling that story over and over again, Mm -hmm. feeding the machine, kind of like a bank. Google's like a bank. The more deposits you make, I mean, they're pennies. It's not like each one is worth something. But over 10 years, Google figures it out, how to move people to the right products. You know what I mean? And make money. No wonder Google's doing well. They do. All right, you are listening to Panic with Friends. We talk to entrepreneurs like Raj. We talk to founders like Raj. We talk to traders, investors, and we try and piece it all together to kind of help people make a little money off trends and momentum. And hopefully not panic. It's twice a week. So if you go to Apple or Spotify, Google, and uh, search Panic with Friends, or my name, Howard Linzon, Linzone, you can subscribe and just get these uh, podcasts twice a week. And hopefully we can inspire you not to panic and to invest properly and, uh, and find the biggest markets out there, which you know, we keep talking about, which is cloud-based software. So uh, thanks, Knut, for putting it together. Thanks, StockTwits. And uh, we'll be back with another episode in a couple of days.